What's going on, everyone? Welcome back, finally, to another episode of the Sports Inventory with your hosts, Ben Kuchipudi and... Tyler, a.k.a. Raldinho Graham. Ben, I know we've been on a little bit of a hiatus due to finals and us being, obviously, you know, thriving college students, but how have you been, Ben? I've been great. It's been a very busy last month. That's why uh, we haven't been able to keep up with the content recently. I know a lot of stuff's been going on in the world of sports. And we're here to break some of that down today. We're going to get right into it. So, Tyler, the biggest event in sports happened yesterday. The World Cup final. Mm -hmm. Argentina versus France. And in my opinion, I'm not the biggest soccer fan by any means, but this might have been the greatest sporting event that I've watched, like, ever. This was so thrilling to see. I just, What are your thoughts on this? First and foremost... It's football, Ben. Okay. All right. Soccer, very Americanized. Four billion people watched that game yesterday. And like you said, Ben, I think it was one of the greatest sporting events I have ever seen. And I've seen quite a few things. I've seen the 2016 finals, game seven. You know, I've seen uh, the Patriots. Well, 51. Yeah, I've seen the, Tom Brady come back from 28 to three. But this was a different type of game. This game was a cementing of a legacy. Now, I know you had mentioned that you're not much of a soccer fan, but I've been trying my best to follow up. I I wasn't a soccer fan until recently, but this game solidified, I think, the greatest of all time. Uh, If anybody didn't know or has been living under a rock for the past couple of days or 48 hours, Argentina beat France um, going into penalties in the World Cup final. Uh, In normal time, the score ended 2-2, and then after extra time, it ended 3-3, and then went to penalties. And as we all know, Argentina absolutely killed in the penalty game. And their goalie, Martinez, was an absolute class act during that he final. Was a monster. And this World Cup A was an extremely interesting one because going into it, not many people expected much being in Qatar and a different time of year due to Qatar's uh, climate. So usually the uh, World Cups are later in the year, but this one's kind of early because they wanted to find the coldest part uh, of Qatar. And not many people expected much. They expected the usual suspects of France and Brazil going all the way. But a lot of people had Argentina going all the way and winning it all only for the reason of a guy named Lionel Messi. Lionel Messi is this young, like, this old man from Argentina standing at a whopping 5'7". And he is, I think, one of the most accomplished athletes of all time. The guy has over 35 trophies, 10 La Liga titles, 7 Copa del Reyes, 4 Champions Leagues, seven, a record 7 Balladors. Guy is an absolute masterclass, and he put up 13 goals and 8 assists in this World Cup, a total of 21 goal uh, contributions, which is the most by a player since 1966. Ladies and gentlemen, Messi is not getting any younger. Messi, as it stands right now, is 35 years old. He just did a performance that is one for the ages. Oh my, Ben, like, this is, this doesn't get any better than this, bro. It doesn't get any better. This is... It's like the this is like Michael Jordan versus Kobe. This is like a passing of a torch almost. You have the young superstar and Kylie Mbappe, who might be the like the best young athlete in sports currently. And then you have Lionel Messi, who's who just who needs this World Cup to solidify his legacy as a goat. You know, he hasn't had a World Cup in his whole career. Ronaldo, I think, has three. And people were considering him to be the GOAT, but... Pele has three. Ronaldo has none. He has actually never made it to a final. He's never made it to a final. Yeah. Google's wrong. 
The, the thing right. about the the goat debate in in soccer, it's kind of a different wavelength because Ronaldo has these untouchable scoring records. He, Ronaldo himself collecting five Ballon d'Ors, having four European Golden Shoes, having five Champions League titles, and over thirty two trophies collectively in his career. Both of them were missing that one trophy in their closet, and it was the World Cup. Messi has been in the situation before, but fell short. But this is the one kind of thing that I think personally he needed to complete the argument for him. The thing about it's just the fact that he did it. I, you, you, we all got to shut up now. You know, I, I think it's going to have a similar effect to like when LeBron passes up Kareem. You know, we can debate this here and there. But we just got to shut up and just realize the greatness we're witnessing. And after this performance, I can safely say that Messi now has entered a stratosphere of athlete that consists of Michael Phelps, Michael Jordan, Usain Bolt, like this stratosphere, just the, like perfect, absolute perfection in athleticism. And no matter what he does going forward, he's the most accomplished guy ever. And I think he just will continue to be that. But I think you are right, Ben. This is a match that showed not only Messi's greatness, but Mbappe's potential. This is a 23-year-old kid. Insane. 23-year-old kid. Yeah, as um, France was down 2-0 in the 80th minute, uh, penalty in Argentina, Mbappe took the shot. We, we, knew, that was, we knew he was going to get the goal. We, we knew Mbappe was going to score. And 90 seconds later, um, France is on the run. Mbappe takes the takes the the pass right out of the air and fires an absolute laser to tie it. That was one of the best goals I've ever seen. That was it was unbelievable. And the yeah. fact that he's doing this at 23 and he's got at least 15 more years in him. This guy this guy is going to is going to carry France to possibly numerous World Cups in the next uh in the next um decade plus. It, I just don't even know what to say like it, we, we, we can all, you know, rise and enjoy this glory that he has, Messi does, but there's this kid who can barely buy drinks in America who is killing like, this game. You know, not only did he lock up the biggest contract in just sports history, but he's worth every penny PSG Paris Saint-Germain threw at him. And I just can't comprehend. Like, I, I was this close to turning the game off, Ben. You know, when when Di Maria scored that beautiful through ball goal. It looked like it was over. It looked like it was over. And it, the momentum shift. And then they subbed out Di Maria. And France made a couple of adjustments. Still maintaining the 4-3-3 throughout the, the, the match. But it, it, as soon as Mbappe took that pen, things changed. The demeanor changed. And he ignited that team. A similar ignition we saw when they versed Morocco in the prior round. France has been in spells where they couldn't get it going. They lose possession time. They don't make a lot of passes in opponent's half. Then there's this young man who sets at left winger, and he just changes the game. The minute he gets going, France gets going, and then Griezmann gets going, and then Gerard gets going, and then everybody gets going. It's just Argentina capitalized on every mistake France made for the most part, and they just put up an absolute masterclass performance. And the two guys I'm looking at, obviously, are Lionel Messi and Di Maria, but I'm also looking at Emiliano Martinez. He was spectacular. That 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 save at the end of um, I forgot if it was a regulation or extra it was, time. It, it, it was it was extra time. Three minutes past one hundred and twenty. It was and this was this was reminiscent of LeBron's block on Iguodala in the twenty sixteen finals. This was 
This was crazy. The way he he split his legs out to block that shot and save the cup for Argentina. I think it's safe to say he's going to get a statue in his hometown. It's just, I it's amazing to watch this, and I just I just know that it's going to be a tough tough follow up when it comes to United States in four years. As this 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 was a Peyton Manning walking off the field s kind of game for Messi. And Argentina has been thirsty for a World Cup since the 86 World Cup where Maradona had the hand of God goal. And this country is just, they breed soccer stars. And to, for them to win it, all kudos to them. And there's going to be parades for the next four years in Argentina. And Messi is, he's the GOAT. There's, I don't think there's any much more of debate anymore. He's the most accomplished athlete I've, I've seen. You know, the things that he's done for Barcelona and the rest of football you know and and his story is just just amazing you know he he wasn't supposed to be here you know people thought and, he was too small they thought he couldn't make it just we like messi is not getting any younger and there's a chance this may have been his last world cup and i just want i just want to have some just a moment of appreciation just for what messi does not just for his country just for the sport of football in general just like We've never seen a talent like this, and we're gonna we might see someone like that in Mbappe, but Messi just his story. Like he told, he was everyone told him he was too small, and then and then he finally um he makes it onto um, Barcelona, and then the rest is history. Yeah, this was one of the best stories in sports. It's it's truly amazing, and to you, uh, Lionel Messi, gracias, and thank you for everything you've ever done for the sport of soccer, and. If you make five seven being cool. <laughs> like that's the thing. Short King's got to stand up for this Short one. King stand up. Messi's got you. It, it's it. I, I'm I was speechless watching that game. It, it, it was an automatic classic. I thought Argentina was just gonna walk away with it, but, but then France put up a fight and it went to extra time. And penalties have to be the most stressful moment in a game. You know, like you might have late game free throws or you know a two minute drill in football or something, but penalty kicks to win a world cup then that is the most stressful thing in in the world it's just you and a goalie and billions of fans watching worldwide and thousands of watching live and it's oh my goodness that I, I was i'm speechless ben it was just an amazing this sight. was insanity also hats off to france for that performance even though they lost off of penalties the fact that they were able to tie that up in the 80th minute and force penalties in the first place. And the crazy thing is, they were doing this without Karim Benzema and Paul Pogba. Yeah. And this team is young. This France is going to be good for so many years to come with Mbappe, Benzema, and Pogba on the squad. And if they're get, if they're almost winning the World Cup with just Mbappe, it's going to be so scary to see what they can do with Benzema and Pogba back in, in four years. Absolutely. And the thing about this front squad, like you said, they're young. You have guys like Theo Mar Hernandez, you have Jules Koundé, and your midfield is stacked, as always. Griezmann's obviously going to be 35 in the next World Cup. But like, like you said, you have Paul Pogba, you have Nicolo Conte. It's just France is always going to be in contention. And I honestly think Mbappe is going to be the most accomplished strikers in World Cup history. And I think, honestly... I don't know if it's a bold prediction or not, hot or cold take. I think he's going to match Pele's record of three World Cups. And it's not saying much because he won one already at 
what is it? 19. 20. Yeah, 19. Like, that's insane, bro. And he, like, it's going to be crazy what that kid's going to do. But for the time being, Messi is the almighty. You know, he, he's the god on Olympus. It's just a matter of time before somebody passes up. But that's, that's going to be some tough, tough shoes to fill. It's going to be tough. And also, well, the World Cup's going to be interesting next year. Taking place in our very own United States. And I'm, I'm so excited. I know these tickets are going to be insanely expensive. but And it takes place at Gillette Stadium. Not, not the closest to us in New Jersey, but close enough where we can maybe make a drive up to. I know those tickets are going to be crazy expensive. But the fact that the World Cup is taking place really close to us. It's so it's really cool to see. I don't remember the last time the World Cup was in the United States or ever in the United States for that matter. Yeah, I I don't recall off the top of my head, but I'll grab it right now. Let's see, let's see, let's see. When was it? What was the last time the World Cup was it? Was it 1940? Yeah, 1994. So wow. it's been a minute. It has been a minute, it's and I'm glad it's back in the states. And I think having it in the states is definitely going to be. Something that's exciting for fans because me and me and Ben have had conversations like this, uh, obviously, in our own leisurely time. But Europeans and the rest of the world are catching up to what we're good at. That being basketball, baseball, and even football. I heard rumor has it in England they're opening up like an NFL kind of affiliate over there. Yeah, I've heard about that. So basically, the rest of the world is getting good at what we do. I think it's high time we get good at what they do, you know? And I think... Obviously, USA fell, fell short, you know, but they showed some redeeming qualities. They're the third youngest team in the tournament uh, this time around, and I think we're only going to get better. And I think having it in the States is going to show the United States, Americans, what they've been missing out on all these years, that being the game of football, or as we like to call it, soccer. Thank you, Peyton Manning. But I think it's going to be great for, you, you know, kids growing up and America as a whole because if we find a love for that sport, it's going gonna, it's gonna to dominate, man. It's, it really is, you know. And I think we've been depriving ourselves of it because it's, we're not good at it, you know. We don't give any respect to the MLS even though they are, you know, the overseas for Europeans. And I think bringing it to the States is going to give it a lot of exposure here, which it needs. And I think it's going to get the respect from Americans because we're too enamored with the NFL, NBA, and MLB. But I think... Bringing it here is going to be a great, great opportunity for FIFA to really just, hey, Americans, like, you know, you guys can play soccer too. Hey, yeah, I'm excited for this. A lot of Americans, as you said, they don't pay attention to soccer as much, which is disappointing to say the least because soccer is the most popular sport in the world by far. And having it in the States, it's going to really, a lot of Americans are likely going to buy tickets to um, go to the World Cup. And and uh, Team USA is on the come up. The team is really young, as you said, third youngest team in the tournament this year. I think the team is going to get better as a whole, and I think, I think the the United States population, I think they're going to be able to watch more soccer. I think they're going to enjoy it, and maybe it won't be as popular as um, football or basketball or baseball, but I think this is a very good first step to having America catch it to the rest of the world in um, football. Absolutely, Ben, absolutely. But I'm looking forward to it because I've only got into soccer or football recently, Due to my roommate freshman year, shout out to Jeremy Ortega Cardi, huge Man United fan. Obviously, it's their poverty franchise, but they move. But I've also picked up a knack for soccer because I think it is a beautiful game. I would argue the most beautiful game on grass because the the way it's so team oriented. You know, us as Americans, we love singular play. What I mean by that is we love a single star, single Hall of Famer, single All Star kind of 
coding this stuff along, but soccer and football slash football is a whole different ball game of teamwork, right? It th- that football soccer truly encapsulates the idea of teamwork and working as a team, and I think it's the most it's it's the best sport that shows representation of I got to rely on a guy. I could put up a hat trick myself, but if my goalie lifts up four, I'm done. So my center exactly back can make an appropriate exactly stop. Exactly what happened to France. Exactly what happened to France. Yeah, yeah. You you know I can put up a master class performance, but if my center backs don't make the stops and my midfielders don't make the short passes or the crosses in or the corners suck, I'm not going to win that game. And it's a beautiful game that really comes together. And there's no better showing of teamwork and coming together than the World Cup. Because there's, there, there's, there's two types of play in soccer. You have international play and club play. Club plays, uh, you know, I might play for the Prem League or La Liga or Bundesliga. But international play is for your country. And that is a different level of play because you're representing where you're from, where your birth rates are, where your family comes from, you know, what kind of Fuji, who you are. And no better who showed it than Argentina showing what Argentina is all about, their love for the game of soccer slash football. Yeah, there's a whole there's a whole different thing when you're playing for your country. When you're playing for your club, you know you got the contract. You're um, it's like a regular season almost, but the World Cup, it's your home. You're playing for your nation, and no one represents their nation better than Lionel Messi, which is why the world should be happy that he got his his first World Cup. Absolutely, Ben. Absolutely. Now, end here for this segment. Uh, we'll go on to part two shortly. Thank you, Messi, for all you do for the game of football slash soccer. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep being a great human being as well. Keep scoring golazos, baby. Now, Ben, let's move on to another part here. Football. American football. Ben, real football, one might say. Oh, whoa, 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 Ben. Harry on reset it beautifully. They kick a ball occasionally through a game, and they call it football, you know, meaning field goals and extra points. Yeah, yeah It's a yeah. questionable name, but... Out to Terry Henry for Arsenal, you know, one of my favorite players personally. USA football, American football, NFL, the National Football Association. The playoffs are looming. Several teams have clinched. Several teams are showing out. Several teams are kind of disappointing. Ben, I got to ask the major question. As it stands right now, before Christmas starts, who do you have winning the Super Bowl? Listen, in my hot take, this is my coldest take I've ever had by far. I don't know if you remember. I had the Colts going against the Bucks in the Super Bowl before the season started, and that's not going to happen, to say the least. The plea opposite. Um, right now, I'm gonna just I'm gonna be a little boring, but I have I have the Chiefs winning it. I just like Buffalo currently is the one seed, and it looks like um, the road to Super Bowl is gonna run through Orchard Park. But I'm not I can't count on Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. He's and the Chiefs even without Tyreek Hill, what they're doing. They're getting so many other guys involved. Obviously, Kelsey is still Travis Kelsey. Juju Smith-Schuster is finding his groove. And the honestly, the biggest thing I've seen out of Kansas City, they're running backs. They're all getting involved. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, he's actually kind of fizzled out. But yeah. guys like Isaiah Pacheco, shout out to Rutgers. And, uh, and Jerick McKinnon. Journey he's finally he's finding his footing in Kansas City. He's had a great last few weeks. And I think Kansas City's offense is... He's it's obviously potent. I think their defense is good enough to hang with the best. So I have Kansas City winning the winning it all this year. Yeah, uh, before the season even started, I had Kansas City winning as well. I just I just love number fifteen in Kansas. Shout out to my boy Miles Gartland, who is a you know he's from Kansas. But 
the thing about this season, this is the I've I've been following sports as long as I can remember. This is the one season where I truly don't know. I I think the Chiefs are going to win, but this is such a toss up. There's year. a lot of good squads. I think they're, in my opinion, there are five true Super Bowl contenders. You have the Chiefs, obviously. You have the Bills. You have Philly. Actually, I changed my mind. You got six Super Bowl contenders. You got Philly. You got the 49ers. You got the Cowboys. And you got the Bengals. Those are my, I think those are my Super Bowl contenders. Those are like the, the top tier teams. Those are the guys who I think can definitely make a run. Even team Minnesota, maybe. I've, I just don't know if I see enough out of them. Yeah. Sure, they had that great comeback against the Colts. But the fact that they got down that early in the first place is... It's scary. The thing about that Vikings game was the Colts, they let you come back. If that was a comparable team, like the, any of those you mentioned, they're not not coming back. And I'm a diehard Cowboys fan, but I don't even put them in that territory because we make a lot of silly mistakes. That, that Jacksonville game was a lot of mistakes. Yeah, like, but the thing is, though, a lot of people are putting flack in the wrong places. First of all, Dak did not throw that pick six like you think. Noel Brown got hit in the numbers, dropped it, got picked off. And besides that earlier pick that was pretty messy from Dak, that game was pitch perfect from him. He was slicing and dicing their zone defense, deep fire zones, and he was blowing up the man coverage. That's besides the Dallas point. Those, I think the contention list goes a little small. I, I put, as a diehard Dallas fan, I put them out of contention because we just make a lot of silly mistakes that teams like San Fran, Philadelphia, like a Bills and Chiefs, they would capitalize on so quickly. Because everything about them is so strong. You know, Philadelphia behind Seriani and the MVP candidate Jalen Hurts, solid. You know, it was weird, though, their Chicago game. They looked pretty, pretty bad. You know, but it's funny because every good team this year has had a terrible game. Some they won, some they didn't. But just look at this past week, right, Ben? Jags with the Cowboys, right? Chiefs barely held through against the Texans, right? And the Texans came off the the Cowboys week, so like they were coming off of just having a, like a good team in their mouth, right? Mm-hmm. Then the Bills had had their struggles too early on. You would know that, Ben. But like oh, the thing is, right? And then the Bengals have these sporadic moments where they look so bad. You know, the first half of that at Buccaneers game, they looked terrible, and then they came back and they fixed their things. But all these teams, they like you know, if they can bleed, you can kill it kind of mentality. Like all these teams look. They don't look invincible. They don't look like, oh my god, I'm gonna. Uh, there's just no way I'm winning this game. Everybody looks human. Everybody looks like flesh and bone. They can they can be wounded, right? And I think this playoffs is gonna be the most exciting playoffs I've seen because I truly don't know, you know. And it's gonna be hard to top because you remember last year the Chiefs and Bills putting up an absolute crazy performance. The Bengals Super Bowl. The Bengals improbable Super Bowl run. Yeah, yeah, the most sacked quarterback in NFL history going into the playoffs. He made it to the Super Bowl. Crazy. But this is this is a playoffs that I just don't know what's going to happen. Every team has their flaws, right? You have the Chiefs still kicking ass, but their pass rush is lacking. Their secondary lets up points. You have Dallas making silly, silly mental errors. You have the Eagles now having Jalen Hurts having an in-doubt against Dallas. And if that shoulder can hurt him more into the into the playoffs, that might be a problem. You have the 49ers having the most complete roster I've ever seen besides the quarterback position. And is Brock Purdy really that guy going into the postseason? You know, the Vikings I don't have know their about moments. Brock Purdy, but the exactly. Niners can make anything work. Yeah, absolutely. You know, And then the Buffalo Bills having their gripes and problems. Josh Allen having somewhat of a, of a slump compared to last season. 
you have all these teams that just have their quirks and there's nobody that's unanimous like oh they are taking home on Lombardi this year it's it's really a toss-up and that make what makes football exciting yeah and so I want to ask you this so obviously the NFL is a season of surprising teams and disappointing teams so I just want to hear from you what is it what is a squad that really exceeded expectations for you and what's a squad that just fizzled out just just straight out sucked when we expect them to because there's a lot i think it's hard to pick one a big surprise for me a positive surprise exactly is the late emergence of the detroit lions i think the culture they're bringing over there behind dan campbell is really cool i the way they kind of flipped the script after matt stafford's departure and Dan Campbell being obviously a tender Detroit Lion himself, what they're doing over there is going to set, you know, groundwork for years to come. I And they're trusting Jared Goff. He's having quite the season as of late cap, past couple weeks. He's been stellar in the passing game. I don't know if they're going to have him, you know, going to have him as the franchise guy going forward. He's getting up there in age. But I do know that it's going to be a good situation if a quarterback were drafted there. That's my positive surprise. That's honestly my only positive surprise because I have a lot of negatives. You know, I thought the AFC West... a ton of negatives. I thought the AFC West was going to be an absolute dogfight. I'm talking, like, top, top Gun Maverick, you know, dogfight in the air. It was going to be, like, a absolute, like, shootout. The only team to come out of there successful is the Chiefs. Broncos, booty cheeks, bobby buns, Raiders, lackluster. Chargers picked it up a little late, but they have a lot of injuries plaguing their team. I thought... You know, J.C. Jackson coming in and all those other guys would be good. And on paper, they're a great roster, but they're just not putting it together. I love Herbert, but he still has a losing record, and he has to figure that out soon. Um, I think the Dolphins are in an iffy spot because two is kind of proving himself, but their defense is still paper thin. You know, teams run down their throat all the time. Their run defense is terrible, and their secondary get burnt a lot. I think they have to pick up some sort of DB. Um... Seahawks shocked me. I do think it's kind of a bit of a fluke. I don't know if Geno Smith is the truth like that. Rams obviously surprised everybody being just absolutely boo-boo cheeks. Cardinals being bad. Packers being bad. Buccaneers somehow making it to the playoffs with a 6-8 and eight record. And Tom Brady looking like buns out there. It was a lot of just like, wow, they are bad moments this year. But it's also a lot of like, oh my gosh, this could really go any way. Because there was a lot of games this season that good teams struggled against bad teams or subjectively lower-ranked teams. And that goes to the old adage of, like, listen, they might be the 32nd-worst team in the NFL. They might be, you know, the bottom-of-the-barrel team. This is still the NFL. In the top 1% of talent oriented around the game of football, they're still good. So this is one of those seasons that proved that, like, a lot of these guys can play ball. So this offseason, I think, is going to be really interesting because not only – is this a really good draft class? But I also think that a lot of guys are going to, there's going to be a lot of movement, Ben. I think there's going to be guys going to different teams. You're going to see a lot of guys in new uniforms, a lot of jersey swaps on Instagram. You know what I mean? So I'm really excited for the postseason, though. Yeah. For me, positive surprise, there are three that stick out to me. One being the Detroit Lions, because shout out Dan Campbell and shout out Jared Goff and the whole squad. They really turn it around after a one and six start. Second being the Jacksonville Jaguars, even though they're six and eight, they honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if they took the division from from the Titans this year. The Titans have faltered. They've lost four straight. 
One being the Jacksonville at home, and Jacksonville has a tiebreaker over them. If they can string together a few more wins, we could we could be seeing playoff football in Duval this year. And Trevor Lawrence, I gave him so I I've given him so much flack over the last few last um year and a half, but the kid has lit it up the last few weeks. He's been super, he's been spectacular. And I have nothing but good things to say about him. I think they're going to be good for a while. With Calvin Ridley coming next year, gets that number one receiver, and another year of development of Doug Pearson, I think they're going to be good for a while. And in a weak division, they could definitely dominate for for the next few years. And finally, a little biased, and they, I know they've lost three straight, but the job the New York Jets have done is admirable, considering uh, the quarterback carousel of Joe Flacco, Zach Wilson, and Mike White. Um, the co- the job that Robert Sal has done is um, is amazing considering the injuries to the offensive line and to rookie sensation Brees Hall. And I think if they get that quarterback right, they could be a contender next year. Maybe if they get someone like Jimmy Garoppolo, they should be a contender for the playoffs by, by far. And if if for somehow they could trade for someone like Lamar Jackson, that's a Super Bowl contender right there. So those are my three teams that have positively surprised me negatively where do i even start yeah honestly where do i start the colts i I could say that um this hurt me personally because i love matt ryan as a quarterback and he's just been terrible this year um the broncos obviously russell wilson has sold the bag hard four and ten they're just not good um packers are terror packers aren't good um, Rams dealt with a lot of injuries to Stafford and Cooper Cup, Allen Robinson, Aaron Donald. All those guys are hurt. But four and nine with the talented team like that. Cardinals, I don't know how Kingsbury's not fired yet. Um and even even like Miami, like Miami, they're eight and six, but I feel like they're showing their true colors now. The last three games have been really rough, all losses. And two has not been the same quarterback. I think teams are starting to figure him out. And it's a it's a scary side for the Dolphins right before the playoffs. Yeah, that's that's my piece about them. It's definitely a tough sell for Miami. Miami is such a toss up because obviously they have this like interesting offense consisting of hey Tyreek's down there throwing the ball, but with Tyreek out or Tyreek neutralized to some degree, Tua's definitely going to be tested. And I'm not still I'm 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 not the hugest fan of Tua. I think he's an immensely talented quarterback can move and make these these beautiful passes but i think it's he's gonna get bended until he breaks in these playoffs going up if he makes the playoffs obviously you know nobody's clinched yet and for regarding miami it's just really interesting but you made a beautiful point about just those teams disappointing but a lot of teams disappointed this year you know and it's it's crazy how a lot of flips have been scripted. Uh, i love the whole adage of like you know, the uh, NFC East was like the you know the booty cheeks of of the NFL, and all and of a sudden, now yeah, now we're like the Jeez. most stacked. Yeah, we're just that good, and I, it's all I know is that it's going to be a very interesting playoffs, and um, it's not going to be easy. You know, like all these all teams are coming to play. You know, and they have a certain they have a certain mentality going in, right? So every team has has a chip on their shoulder. You have. Cincinnati, you know, obviously losing the Super Bowl, and they want to make a repeat run. You have the Chiefs, everybody counting them out because Tyree Kill left, but it's still Patty Mahomes. You have the Eagles having this insane roster, but can they get the job done? You know, and you have the Cowboys obviously having decades of longing for more than a playoff win and having this rich football history, but never capturing the big show. And then you have any, any team in between. 
And it's going to be an absolutely awesome, awesome playoffs, and I cannot wait to watch. I'm so excited for this. So one, just one more question for um you. Um, I want to hear your your top seven seeds for the AFC and the NFC. So basically, who's going to make the playoffs? Because this is a very tight race in the wild card for both conferences. Then uh, that's that's a tough call, man. I just think. Obviously, with the Eagles, they're going to do their thing. They're going to get their first round by, right? Um, Bills and Chiefs have their way. They're going to obviously be in the playoffs. 49ers and Vikings already there. Bengals are definitely making it in. Um, their next, their next matchup. Who's their next matchup? Hold on, Ben. Let me, let me, let me pick up the Bengals. I think they play the Patriots next week. Patriots. That's an easy dub for Joe Shiesty. I think. Miami has to fight through, you know, because they're they're falling out of that contention. So I think they got to pick up two the next two more wins. Chargers are out; they're not making it. Ravens not there anymore; they have health issues. Lamar also the biggest question mark going into this offseason: Lamar Jackson being a free agent and all. Tennessee's not going. I do think the Buccaneers do make it somehow miraculously. Um, the Giants beating the Commanders, what a win for New York. Um, I can see them make it, but a lot of things have to go their way. Everybody else is out, you know. Uh, everybody else, give, I've given admirable efforts, but I, I see the current members who clinched. I see the Bengals, I see the Buccaneers, I see the Giants, and I see Miami going in. And then it's going to be an absolute dogfight in this playoffs going in. And I see the Chiefs making it out of there alive. I think they're going to pick up some injuries along the way, and some things are going to happen to them. But they're going to walk away like Achilles, like the greatest warrior to ever live. And Patty Mahomes is going to capture a second Super Bowl, and he's going to solidify himself as the guy, him, Timothy. The goat, not yet, Ben. Not yet. I'm he's kidding. getting there. He's getting the thing, there. The thing about that is, it, Tom Brady doesn't help that Tom Brady has played till he's forty six. So, like the records that he's accumulated have been so far out. Like, in order for Patty Mahomes to just pass Tom Brady in passing yards, he has to keep up the same production until he's thirty nine years old, just to break it. That's insane. Like, it doesn't help that this guy's been playing so long, and I give him every credit for playing that long. But like. When you play so long, that longevity just like creates this boundary and this bridge in between you and second place that's like really untouchable. Kind of like the John Stockton debate, right? John Stockton is the all-time leader with 15,000 assists, but he's, he's had 20 consecutive seasons of like 1,500 and above. Like it's the longevity that kills, man. Absolutely kills. So I honestly, I don't think anybody's touching Tom. It's just a matter of what Patty does with his career because he doesn't need to have the all-time passing record to be the GOAT. Tom Brady's had that when he was in fourth place in all-time passing. You're like, you don't need that type of accolade, but it's going to be a tough, tough way because seven Super Bowls, dog, more than any franchise on earth? Come on. A lot. It's a lot. That's a heck of a uh, lot of If anyone can do it as Patrick. If anyone can do it as Patty. Yeah, yeah, and I think Kansas City is definitely becoming the wave regarding free agents and stuff like that. And I don't know how long Andy Reid's going to be coaching Patty, but – as long as Patty's wearing number 15 for Kansas, they're going to be a hot shot contender. You know, I, have a, I actually have a hot take for Kansas City after this, off se- after this season. So, so we know, obviously, we know about Saquon Barkley. New York Giants' second overall pick in 2018. Penn State legend. Historic rookie year, but he's been plagued by injuries then. Looked like he was having a bounce-back season this year, but the last few weeks he's been... He's been bad. Yeah. I have to say it straight up. And I know I know there are Giants fans out there that agree with me. So I don't think the I don't think the Giants will extend him. Mm-hmm. And I think some way I don't know what team is gonna pay Saquon. Obviously he has upside, but injury history and he just 
he doesn't seem like a full season workhorse running back. Yeah, I can see, I can see him going to Kansas City on a small con- on a on a cheap contract. It's definitely going to be that's definitely an incredibly piping hot take. take, which would be crazy for Kansas City. But like, you know, my my dorm is filled with Giants fans, and as a Cowboys fan, I hear crap from Giants fans all the time, whether it's good, bad, or whatever. I know that the city of New York, or I should say the New Jersey Giants, because they played East Rutherford, they love Saquon, and they want to give him every dollar they can possibly offer him. From a logical perspective, I think that is probably the worst move to set up a roster to win a Super Bowl. Terrible. Because the last 10 Super Bowl winners, the least paid offensive guy was the running back position. And in this modern era of West Coast and passing and RPO and play action, Running back is somewhat of a neglected position, and good running backs in the league are always in weird situations because they get paid, they're the workhorse, and running back is a, it's a position you always get hit, bro. Injuries are always going to plague you. You know, n- name a pro bowl running back that's had, you know, a healthy season. None. Derrick Henry. I mean, that's, why, that's, why these, that's why these running backs always retire early. They always retire before the 30. Yeah, they have the shortest life expectancy or shelf, shelf life out of any position in the NFL besides maybe – some other high, you know, high impact position. But like, the thing is, like, I do think Saquon deserves every dollar he gets. If he cares about winning, New York isn't the way because New York is having a it has a has a tough, tough off season coming up. They They're going to be in money. limbo. They're in limbo this off season. They're going to have to give him money. They want to keep Daniel Jones, which I think he's still an incredibly average quarterback. Whatever. You got to get money. You're going to lose all your centers on the roster. You have a bunch of free agents. You got to pay guys. And then next season, they got to pay some of their stars, Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams. So it's like, dog, like they're going to be in a tough, tough situation. So if they want to go full rebuild, Saquon's removal would be the way, letting him walk. But I don't think they want that because at the end of the day, it's Saquon Barkley, one of the best running backs in this league and one of the best running backs I've seen in recent time. And just him on the field alone is guaranteeing you four yards, you know, plus. So... If they if they somehow let him walk, that is the reset button to the maximum. I could see them. They do that, Ben, and he goes anywhere else. First of all, that team to get him is an incredibly lucky franchise. If they lose him, they go full rebuild. They draft a bunch of guys this draft, and they get Caleb Williams next year because they're going to be bad. And that'd be quite you know, the outcome. You know what? The Giants is interesting. I'm friends with a bunch of Giants fans as well. With their late pick. With their later, what not late first round, but it's going to be late teens, maybe early twenties. They want either Will Levis or Anthony Richardson. So a lot of people want quarterback this year. Oh, you got you got Which, to, you got to have a Shanahan way of dealing with this. You have to build around that team because that team has they're bums, they're scrubs. They, like there's there's too little things going. It's good a four win roster, four win roster with an eight win coach. Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's embarrassing. They have no receivers. Their quarterback is average at best. Their line is imploding. Their secondary are, are buns. Their linebackers are terrible. It's like you want to go quarterback, fine. Your quarterback is not not going to succeed in that situation because nobody else is around him. Okay, you draft Will Levis. So what? You still throw in a Richie James, who's okay. You have Isaiah Hodgins, who came from Buffalo, who's doing decent. You have Darius Slayton. That's a that's a weak receiving core. If I'm the Giants going into this draft, and if I have the removal of Saquon or letting him walk, I draft everything but the quarterback. But the I, thing is, weapons. Everything. Do do, the thing is, what do you do at quarterback? Because Daniel Jones is a free agent. They didn't pick up, pick up his option. 
do you sign a stopgap quarterback for a year? Maybe you roll with someone like Tyrod for a season, try to tank it out and get Caleb. What do you do? I don't know because the ball likes winning and he's a, he's a phenomenal wizard of a coach and I don't think he has the pride or like ego to like tank for a better quarterback. But their situation is tough. tough because if they just maintain the same exact roster, they're going to have the same exact outcome. Barely make the playoffs, if not at all. Lose in the first round. It's going to be rinse and repeat. And then you have those Daniel Jones and Saquon for the rest of their time. It, you, they has something has to change, and, they, and and if they want to maintain the same roster, they're gonna have to draft to perfection, to perfection in order to make it work. Yeah, and they got they got a few bad contracts on the team. Kenny Galladay being one of them. They got a, they're not gonna save money with him, and they're gonna have to attach a pick to him just to get rid of him. So New York is gonna lose assets on its own, and they're gonna lose people, and they're gonna lose likely Saquon and free agency. And I think they're probably going to lose Daniel Jones as well because I don't think they're going to want to pay him. I don't think they would. I mean, they might pay him just to have a stopgap, but I don't think it would be wise to pay him. You could also franchise Daniel, tag him too. They could tag him. They could. That's still a lot of money. Yeah. But to buy yourself some time, you know, put yourself a little bit around 500, whatever. But enough about the Giants because I'm a Cowboys fan and I hate hearing about the Giants, especially because I'm always surrounded by Giants fans. Just to I feel game. you. Me too. Me too. But, I'm thoroughly excited about the NFL. Um, I'm thoroughly excited about the offseason. I want, obviously, I want Cowboys to go the long way, but I don't think we're built that way. I, I sadly think, you know, it's, it's the realism in me. Seeing Mike McCarthy just look like, you know, he just like took a massive dump in the bathroom and like he doesn't want to tell anybody that like the face he makes. Bro, it's, it really pisses me off, Ben. And I just wish we had a better coach, anybody else. I think a monkey with a headset on could call better plays than Mike McCarthy. These like I was saying, these last three weeks of the season are going to be a dog fight, and you know I'm still holding out hope for the Jets making the playoffs. It's been a lot. We're on a, on a three game losing streak, seven and seven. For the it's a because right now it looks like there's five playoff spots secured in the AFC: um, uh, Kansas City, Buffalo, um, Tennessee, Cincinnati, and Baltimore, which really pisses me off because that team does not deserve to make the playoffs with the way they're playing. Absolutely. Granted, Lamar, but they've put up literally 10 points again in the last three games. For the last two us the last two playoff spots, Miami, LA, Jets, Patriots. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a fight to the end. And maybe it'll take and week 18 is gonna play a, a big role in it because Jets play in Miami to end the season. It's gonna be a that's gonna be a huge game. Might be a, might be flexed to Sunday night football. We'll have to see. I don't but know. This is gonna be a very exciting last three weeks and I'm all for it. Yeah, yeah. I hope everybody's all for it. I, I, everybody's biting their nails, ready for this one. Mm-hmm. That is what that's what. All right, that's gonna do it for this episode of the Sports Inventory. Um, once again, I we apologize. We've been very busy the last few weeks, so so this is our first episode in a while. But we'll be back cranking out more episodes weekly. Once again, I'm Ben Kuchapudi. I'm Tyler Big Poppy Graham. Till next time. Thank you all so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Peace out.